Thank you, Dustin and company. Good morning, everyone. This is the second Sunday of the Advent season. It is the, the week of peace. Uh, last Sunday was hope. Uh, this Sunday is peace. Next Sunday will be joy and then love uh, right before Christmas. Let us pray. Father God, we come before You and we want to give You thanks. And uh, Your Son that You gave to die on the cross, uh, that You brought into the world and then to die on the cross over 2,000 years ago, or around 2,000 years ago, He is the Prince of Peace and the, the King of Heaven. And I look forward this morning to share with my brothers and sisters about... Uh, aspects and dynamics of that peace and your word says in Isaiah 26 3 uh, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you um, may you be gloried and gloried and honored Christ in your name we pray amen if everyone could turn to Romans 5 1 through 5 Romans 5 1 through 5 there are many, many passages in God's Word uh, regarding peace. And as I was preparing for this, He allowed me to come across this. And I, uh, I'm actually going to uh, kind of name or title this the Advent passage. And uh, I'll read it here in a moment. But as we look, um, all four elements of Advent are actually mentioned in, in these five verses. And you have hope and peace and joy and love. And we will be focusing on, on peace today. Romans 5, 1-5. through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What is peace? What is this peace that the Bible speaks of so often. Have you ever taken a moment to ask yourself that? What is, what is the peace of God that transcends all understanding? What is the, the peace, the, the greeting, peace, grace and peace be with you? I looked, and in the New Testament, that, that, uh, salut, no, that, that greeting, uh, grace and peace, be with you, to you, is mentioned 17 times. It's mentioned in Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians, 1 and 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, 1 and 2 Peter, and Revelation. How do we understand what this peace, this peace that is speaking so often of what, where do we start? And 
we go to God's Word. If we look in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Scriptures, the word peace is absolutely, as, as I'm sure many of you have heard, it's the uh, Strong's uh, 7965. It's Shalom. And uh, it's commonly used this day as a greeting. If you, you know of anyone who is Jewish or even in Arabic circles, uh, they speak of, of peace. That word, and we're going to look into this in a, in a moment before we start the, the lesson. That word, if you were to look in lexicons or uh, Hebrew study aids, it, it comes from a term of, uh, it, it's an idea. It's more than just a word. I, I think in an American culture, or Western culture, we often think of something just as a very pointed understanding. This is this, this is that. Shalom means a wholeness or a completeness. And when it was used biblically in the Hebrew Scriptures, it is, it is wishing that someone, there is a, they're actually inferring or there's, it's understood there may be a part of you that is incomplete and they're wanting you to be whole. And then once you're whole and the Lord gives all things, then peace will come into your life. In the New Testament, Strong's uh, G1515, it's the Greek word uh, irene where we get the name Irene from. Um, there's also a Greek word, a uh, Greek name, Salome. Uh, that is, uh, Stacy and I named our daughter. Hannah's middle name is Salome. It's, it's a, uh, a Greek translation of the Hebrew word shalom. But it means a tranquility of the mind. A freedom from disturbance or agitation. So, what I wanted to do for a second is, in order for us to understand this word peace a little bit more, I, I brought a, a very simple prop with me. And I have some questions. And what I wanted to do was get our minds thinking. And I'm going to ask each, just the, uh, the congregation here some questions in a moment. But very simply, and, and nothing less, what, what is this? It's an apple. Very good. And I know we have a quite a skilled and um, apple farmer with us. But I ask you another question. More than just being an apple, what might it be? A fruit? That's very good. Think even a little more deeply. What might, what might this be? Okay, it's a seed. A symbol. A symbol of what? Okay? Okay? We'll get to that in a second. Let's think on a little more of the uh, farming side of things. What else might this be? Income? Very good. We're digging. Let's continue to dig. There's a few points that I'm trying to get at. What else might this be? Nutritious? Food? Nancy had said a symbol. What else might it be a symbol of? Very good. Keep thinking. Okay, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Very good. How about intentionality? Does this happen on accident? Do we enjoy fruit? Is fruit and a harvest ever an accident? 
a lot of work, a lot of design. We come from a very hardworking group of people. We're not afraid of hard work. But what I wanted to, for us to enjoy this fruit, and I'm going to read a passage out of Galatians in a second, peace is described in the Bible as a fruit. Fruit is not an accident. It's by design. It's by the intentionality. The, 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 there is much pre-plannedness to just even being able to hold a piece of fruit in your hand. And so it is with peace. In Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. You see, peace is something that comes from God. Peace is not an accident. It's a gift. It's a fruit. It's a... It's something that we, not necessarily we have to work at, but we are destitute of, and He gives that from His hand. So often the Psalms, and David uh, spoke of peace, and Psalm 23 comes to mind. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He is, he is our caretaker. He is our provider. Psalm 29, 11 May the Lord give strength to His people. May the Lord bless His people with peace. So this peace that we, we so quickly think about in our culture is something that is from God's right hand. And it's something that He gives. I often think that God... Very much by design. We read of hardships just a minute ago in Romans. And James, as Pastor Jim has been preaching through, talks about, you know, let us, let us James 1, 2, consider a pure joy. God brings things into our life. And Jesus was part of a storm. And I'm sure He had that storm designed so that He could show His disciples that He was the Prince of Peace and that He calms storms. So when we see storms in our life, or we see floods, or we see tough times, let us not despair. Let us, let us think there might be something bigger going on. There might be something that God has stirred up so that He can allow fruit to be born in our lives through the Spirit. What I wanted to do today, just very briefly, is look at six aspects of peace that each of us have to address or contend with in our lives. And each of us, whether you're young or old, very relevant to all of us. And the first is our physical needs. And the Lord is our provider. In Luke 12, through 31 Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. I love it when he says that to us, consider. He'll often ask us to consider. Consider an apple. Consider the ravens. 
says, neither, they neither sow, sow nor reap, nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies and how they grow, how God clothes the flowers of the field. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will He clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you will eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. We are to seek Him, and He provides for our physical needs. And we're not to worry, and He, he will provide, and He'll give us peace in our lives with that. Next, the second area where we, we can be anxious or we can be worried is about our lot or our purpose in life. And in Jeremiah 29, the prophet, this is really an amazing passage. Um, I was truly blessed. Uh, I had some, my, my work was uh, kind of up in the air when I was a younger man. And um, my mother-in-law had first shared Jeremiah 29 with me. And uh, it meant a lot. And uh, I appreciate that to this day. In Jeremiah 29, 10, if we look at the context that this is written in, this is even before or right at when the children of Israel are going into captivity. And he's already giving them hope. He's sharing words of encouragement with them from the Lord. It says, For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. And the Lord says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Everyone, He has plans for us. When He created you, when He designed you, He has a plan for you in your life. Then you will return. Then you will call upon Me and come and pray to Me and I will hear you. You will seek Me and find Me when you seek Me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. We are to be at peace in our lives about our plans and our future, for He knows and He has plans. Uh, I don't know if it was touched on this morning, Mike. Uh, the teens and I spoke in Psalm 14. And we looked, 14.2, the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand who seek after God. Let us seek Him and He will show us the plans that He has. And He will give us peace and allow that fruit 
in our lives. Another dynamic of peace that we will all face is peace with others or if we are at enmity with someone. Romans 12, 14-21 speaks of this. And it says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what you do is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We are to bless with others. We are to rejoice with them. We are to live in harmony. We are to do what is honorable. And then, those who there may be an issue with, we are to love them and take care of them. We are to live at peace. And yes, it is difficult. It is very difficult. And I've had situations in my life that I've had to address. And even one, uh, it was before we attended Turkey Run, uh, I actually had to not attend church on a Sunday and make things right with someone before I went back to church. Very difficult, but it's what the Lord requires of us if we are to worship Him and even bring forth offerings. Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Do we want to make our Father proud? Do we want to be good children? Good sons and daughters? Do we want to see our Father smile? And we are to live peaceably and be peacemakers with others. Fourthly, another area of peace that each of us has and had to deal with are our past sins. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and when we sin against God, we, we become His enemy. We have, we have taken a position against Him. Hebrews 10. through 15-18 says, And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. 
I guarantee uh, if we were to sit down and talk or uh, each of you were to talk with someone and open up, our sins set us apart from God. Our sins can, unless forgiven, will send us to hell. But we can have peace with the Lord. 1 John 1, 8-9. and We are all very familiar with this. It says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? How many people here, and I, I never ask for a raise of hands, but how many people here have confessed their sins and been cleansed and feel that peace? And I will only be the person. I, I raise both hands. I, uh, I stand as a, a chief sinner. And I would encourage, if there's anyone here struggling with your sin, holding on to it, confess it to Him. Just confess it to Him. And He will forgive you and cleanse you. And you can begin to walk aright. Another dynamic of peace that we will all face unless the Lord returns first is death. We have to think about death. And that is one of, one of the, the biggest topics that you can see in someone. The fruit of the Spirit for someone who knows the Lord versus who doesn't. And those who walk with Him have no fear of death. For 1 Corinthians 15, 55, 56, and 57 say, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have no fear of death. We are not to worry, for we know where our home is. And this is just a tent that we are passing through. And it is something that each of us, I'm sure, has already, or most of us who are adults, think about. He will provide. He will take care. And we have a home. Jesus said in Matthew 6.27 And I had read this out of Luke earlier. And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? Um, I've got a text message yesterday. There were a very, very sad situation. Uh, there was a, a family that Stacy and I had known through church in the community where we grew up. And uh, she and her husband and her their son flew to Florida to spend an early Christmas with their family. And quite literally, as they uh, were leaving the airport and on an Uber, there was a young man who had stolen a car and was evading the police and was going the wrong direction on a freeway, had a car accident. The husband and wife were killed. The Uber driver was killed and the son 
Their son is in critical condition. And we never know. We never, never, never know our day or our hour. We are to look to him. And I don't know anything of the I haven't even I didn't even thought of the family for so long, but how quick these things can change and how he holds life in his hands. My mother shared with me. Actually, I'll share that passage in a second. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 26-33, and if we're fearful at all, He said, So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear Him who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you who are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges Me before men, I will acknowledge before My Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. If persecution should ever break out, and we should have to face that, fear not. Fear not. Let us keep our eyes on Him. Acknowledge Him and be faithful. And we will be acknowledged before the Father in heaven. And He will see us through it. Finally, a final dynamic of peace that I believe the Lord wanted me to share is that day of judgment. We will all stand before Jesus Christ in judgment. Every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I don't know how often we, we think about that. And we should. We should begin with the end in mind. Starting today, knowing that we will stand, we will kneel, we will be judged before the King of kings and Lord of lords. Solomon, through the Holy Spirit, said in Ecclesiastes 12, 13, and 14, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and obey His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. I'm going to read out of Matthew 25 about the final judgment. And I would like to make a very assertive statement that if we, we believe that we will be judged, if we believe God's Word, then our actions and our lives will live that out, knowing that we will be standing before Him. Jesus said in Matthew 25, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And He will place the sheep on His right and the goats on, his left, on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, 
You who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of one of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And then these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That is probably the greatest peace that I could hope for each of us today is that peace in our heart when we stand before Him. We are commanded in Matthew 28 to share the Gospel with the nations. And might I suggest there is no better time to do that than when you are feeding the hungry, when you are giving drink to the thirsty, when you are giving shelter to the stranger, when you're clothing the naked, when you're taking care of the sick, or when you're visiting those in prison. And I guarantee you on all that I believe, you will have a very, very rich reward in heaven. You see, in Christ, in Christ alone, we can have perfect peace. In the opening prayer, God promises uh, in Isaiah, and as I shared, He will give perfect peace to Him whose mind who has stayed on Him, who trusts in Him. We're about to close uh, in a second. And I don't have a physical invitation today, but I have a, a different kind of invitation. If there is anyone here who is unsettled in their heart, who doesn't know the fruit of peace or that tranquility, we have such a marvelous uh, leadership team here. Uh, Pastor Mike, who's not here today. Pastor Jim, our overseer Rob. We have Marvin, who's an elder. Todd, Wayne, and Daniel. And seek out one of our leaders and speak with them about what might be stirring your heart why you might not be at peace. And they are very godly men and they will lead you down a right path. I'd like to close today with a song. Um, it's uh, out of our hymnal, number 417. And I would like to sing all four verses. Uh, the, the hymns that we get to sing, the songs 
are an entire message in themselves and they, they stir the soul. And it is well with my soul. We will, uh, if everyone could stand, please, while we sing. <clears throat> 